This is Lovey Dummies. I'm David. And I'm Perlan. Thanks for joining us. There's a lot we can say about relationships with people. But what about relationships with a place? On today's show, we talk to Dave about his fondness for Japan and how a foreign country can turn into a home away from home. Let's have a chat with him. Dave, welcome to the show. Okay, hello, thanks for having me. So, uh, instead of me introducing Dave, because I had a pleasure of working with him when I was in Fukushima, why don't we ask him to uh, introduce himself to us? Sure. Okay, so, well, uh, I'm originally from just outside of Toronto, Canada. Uh, it's a small city called Oakville. And uh, I've been living in Japan now for about 13, 13 years. I came here, I moved here in 2004, uh, April of 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had actually come here a year before that, uh, just just for a short visit. But uh, I, I, for about 10 years, I worked for the, the same school. And now I run my and now I run my own English language school. I do it by myself and and... That's basically my story. Well, thank you. Actually, we're excited to hear more about uh, Dave's school. But first, I have a random question. This is silly, but uh, just (laughs) try to answer it. So, a random question tonight is, if you could expand one room in your house to twice its size, what room would it be? Uh, I think that's an easy one. And uh, that's my living room. And... (laughs) I'll tell, I'll tell you why, because we, I, we like to have home parties at my place. Mm-hmm. And my, my living room actually is, is, is giant compared to Japanese standards. It's uh, true. I've been there once, right? I think right, your, right. your new house. Yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah, my, 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 my mansion. Yeah, your my, condo. <laughs> I, I love what they say mansion. Anyway, so, so yeah, my condo. And uh, I have an, a very large living room, and I would and I would love to double it and just you know just have bigger parties, and that's uh, uh, that would probably be the room that I would double in size. Oh, very, very nice. nice! Actually, I've I've had uh, like a lot of pictures uh, actually taken from Dave's living room before in his former apartment because mm-hmm. it, it was true. We love watching movies on weekends, and like me and my yeah. friends, yeah. I feel nostalgic now, Natsukashi. <laughs> I think that's kind of a softball question for someone that's living in Japan, though. At least a foreigner, that is. So. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, you know, I guess if, if most people, if you ask what they're, which room they double, I, I would say nine times out of ten, you do the living room. Although, I'll tell you this, maybe in my, in my, where I used to live, I may, I, I may have doubled, if this, if this would count, the, the size of my veranda mm-hmm. or the balcony. Because it was so fun to just go out there and have barbecues, but it's now true. Hmm, yeah. moving to my, moving to my new place, the veranda is triple, maybe quadruple the size of the old one. So uh, I've already done that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So yeah. we're gonna move on to our questions for Dave. Our first question is, what brings you to Japan? Right. Well. Um, 
Um, at the time, at the time I was in Canada, I was uh, like uh, when I before, when I first came here, and I was uh, I was in between jobs. It was uh, I mean I was consistently working for Carnival Cruise Lines. Um, uh, I was a saxophone player in yeah. the in the main orchestra. No way, <laughs> it's true. And, well, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> And I was kind of getting sick of it at that point. Like it was, just, you know, it was fun. It was fun, but living on a cruise ship um, it, it, as a crew member or a staff member is, is start. It, it gets old quickly. Um, and it's then, hard. So, so I was trying to. Uh, so I was thinking, what, what, what do I want to do? And then suddenly, an email comes from somebody that I had worked with, uh, and this was the sister, you know, the sister of the boss. Who who ran the school here in Fukushima, mm. and and the email said, hey, do you want to go to Japan for three months, just you know, for a short stay? I think it was initially going to be like a nanny position or something like that. Mm. You know, it was something weird. And I said, well, no, I don't want to be a nanny. I, said, <laughs> uh, um, I had uh, taught tennis before to to kids when I was in high school. It was a, a, a part time summer job mm-hmm. teaching simple tennis to kids. I like teaching. And uh, so I, I emailed. I said, "Well, okay, I could do I could do this. I you know I could teach at the school. If you want a teacher, I'd be happy to teach. Mm-hmm. Here's my situation." And I basically said, "I'll need more money than what they're offering. It's a whole thing." I, I just said, "Well, okay, I couldn't go for six months. I could go for three. I was just I was kind of being a pain in the." <laughs> but I just said, "Okay, this is basically what I would be willing to do." And I said, "You know, thanks for the interest and." Great, I, and I and I sent off the email. I said, "Well, I'm never going to hear back. I'm never." Gonna hear back. <laughs> and the next day, and the next day says, "Okay, yeah, that sounds fine. Okay, <laughs> we'll make arrangements for this date if that's okay with you." And then I was, I mean, I, I was at home, home, you know, with my parents because uh, when I wasn't at home, I was on the cruise ship, so you know, I didn't have mm. my own place. Right. So I, I yelled out, "Mom, I'm going to Japan." <laughs> <laughs> just like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just a three-month stint. That's what started it. Okay. It, oh, sorry. It, it eventually led to me coming. I came for three months. I went home for a year, and I did enjoy teaching. I liked being in Japan, and I eventually just the next year we made it official, and I became a full-time teacher. I see. Okay, so now you said you've been here thirteen years. What made you stay? this long (laughs) yeah well i think i think it was even just the first three months Hmm. when i when i first came here the idea was i I, you know i did do some i did a lot of traveling at that in the more in those first three months than i think in the last 13 years but uh i i I just i kind i liked everything here Hmm. i liked i like the um i think i like the the, ah, the it's it's many small things that add up to it, mm, you know. Mm. Um, I'm going to be honest. I have absolutely no interest in culture of anybody's, like not even my own. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> People say, "Oh, I love sumo wrestling," or maybe, "Or I love," or "I love how they do." I, I just like the little things mm. that they do, here, which which actually which actually is the culture when you, when you really get down to it. Um, uh, right. But I do I, I do like little things. I like um, in Japan that. People kind of leave you alone. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You get your privacy. I, I, I like that because you know when if, you, if people call you and say, "Hey, let's go out drinking tonight," 
And even if it's like all of a sudden you don't get many calls in Japan from Japanese people like, hey, let's go tonight. Right, you know, right. It's all planned. But uh, if you just say, hey, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy tonight. Say, okay, no problem. Next time. Right. Back home, it was like, oh, what are you doing? Come on. You, what are you? And then I said, yeah, I got to work at nine o'clock. And like, oh, you, what are you, baby? Come on, just have a beer. It's just like, and then <laughs> you're just like, I just want to stay home and I want to watch TV or I want to do whatever I want to do. Mm. At home, they pester you more. And, and here, <laughs> it's like they leave you alone. And it's just that, that that's one of the many, many things. Mm that I really like. It's like you can sort of get into your own space. Mm-hmm. When you want to go out into public, you go out into public. And um, and I really like that. I like the small bars. I like the small restaurants. Sure. Yeah, uh, I think this I, is I, kind I, of a culture that's built for introverts, don't you think? I think so. I think so. <laughs> that's and why that's, we're thriving here. <laughs> that's why, exactly. I like going to the small bars because you just walk into a small bar that has like eight people sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. And... You know, on any given night, you could, there may not, nothing may happen. You may not talk to anybody, but you could start a conversation with the person next to you, and then hmm. you got the whole, next thing you know, you have the whole bar counter involved in a big <laughs> conversation. It's just kind of fun. Just yeah, to, yeah. Sure, do that. That so. is so true, especially in Fukushima City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I can imagine it's more so in Fukushima than a larger city. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. So on the topic of Fukushima, um, let's talk about the time around the earthquake. Yeah. Uh, everyone was sort of moving out of Fukushima at that time because of the, the radiation scare and like the threat of more earthquakes and tsunamis and all that stuff. Right. Um, so why did you think it was time to start a business? Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what? I'd be honest with you. At that point, I, I hadn't decided yet. I hadn't decided yet, but it was, okay. but it's a, but it's interesting because it, it does play into all that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I at that point I had been working for the same company for a long time. I had some you know some so strong ties. I had strong ties to the city. I had um, my girlfriend, which was almost basically a wife because we had been together for several years. We were living together like we she was basically living at my place and and uh, and really at the time of the earthquake exactly at the time of the earthquake we were already looking into buying where we currently live we, we were already looking into buying this condo mm-hmm. the, the the papers were all but signed hmm. and um so anyway I, it was, the thing was like i think i've kind of made my claim here and uh, and kind of stick by it um <laughs> Uh, but the time of the earthquake, of course, was scary, and you, and you have you had to get out of here uh, just because of the the possible nuclear disaster. I mean, there was a nuclear disaster, yeah. but, right? <laughs> but but even like uh, you know, getting uh, making it unlivable in the city, you know. Um, but that aside, I'll tell you what. Deep down in my heart of hearts, I wasn't really worried about. Um, Living here. Hmm. Once, once it was, once we we hit the main, once we hit the, uh, once everything was over, mm-hmm. and the earthquakes had settled, and we were, people are getting reports of radiation, and they're 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 testing all the stuff, the water. People are putting things up on YouTube. Um, I I don't know. I, I it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't too concerned. Not I, I wasn't I wasn't just 
oh, everything's fine. Mm, but, right. But uh, just sort of like a calculated, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. a, a calculated risk would be a bad word, a bad term for this. But <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just wasn't too, too uh, overly concerned. Uh-huh. Overly. Uh, but I'll tell you what we did do though for, okay. for that year. For the for the Fukushima after the earthquake and with the radiation concerns, um, I told Kumiko, my my wife, I said I said we're not eating any fruit for at least a year, hmm. even two years. And the government said like, okay, um, they, they I, for example, oh apples are fine. I hmm. said, listen, they're not fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's fine for a year for two years because they're gonna come back in years. Oh, by the way, we were wrong about those apples. Sorry, you know, and and um, <laughs> so so I, I said, hey, well, you know, we'll be safe about a few things, but um, you, you get you get your health check, the scan, you know, the whole thing. You get um, uh, and and there's no concerns like in in my in my body, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, yeah, anyway, radiation levels, they checked, they were checking, they checked inside our condo all around and everything was actually very low mm-hmm. in where I am, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, why don't you tell us more about your school and like your relationship with, uh, the Japanese people, uh, whether right. they are customers or the people that you do business with. Right. Well, um, okay. So, uh. Yeah, actually, and I, I didn't fully answer your last question, so I'll continue into that. Okay. So, so at, yeah, basically, at that point, after coming back uh, from, I, I just went, I went to Canada for two weeks after the earthquake. I came back, and you know, just it, it really shocked me into thinking, like, okay, now I've really started to look about, look into my future, thinking, what am I going to, um, you know, if I continue at this pace. Hmm. Uh, this work, um, this company. Um, what am I? How how's it going to work out? And and basically, it didn't really look good. It didn't, you know. Um, I had a lot of customers dealing with dealing with uh, more and more. I was dealing with the Japanese people, the the, the customers directly uh-huh. because I learned my Japanese was getting better. Mm-hmm. I started to talk to them, and I just I just felt like I could do more if I if I could if I was the boss. True. Yeah. <laughs> when, I know I, I'm hearing what they're asking me. I'm here. I'm kind of seeing what they want. In the meantime, I'm tr- I'm, I'm perfecting my craft. I'm trying. I'm getting better at teaching. I'm finding new ways. Um, and then I'm I'm more and more locked in. I can't do too much because I'm not the boss. I've got to follow some rules. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, so that's after. I would say after about a year or so. After that year or two, I really started to think about starting my own business. Uh, I think it was finally three. Wait, two thousand and. 15, 2014. Oh, that's when you start your own school. That's when I quit my job and, and basically oh. start my my own uh, my own business. And um, so yeah, dealing with Japanese people. Um, so what, what what's it what's it like? <laughs> what is it like? Yeah, it's it's good. I think I, for see for me, I've never really had too much of a problem because I I tend to think alike in many in many cases hmm. um i'm in i'm an a type type a personality mm-hmm. i i like all the little details mm. you know <laughs> taken care of you know right like, right true uncertainty is not good for me uh which is maybe not the best thing if i'm running a business because it, it is a lot of uncertainties mm-hmm. but um so so 
I, I try to make things as detailed as possible when I'm explaining things. Um, I find Japanese people, they like when you when you explain things. They like when they get printouts of things that help you explain. A very technical issue, but um, I found that when you're, when you're doing lessons, it's better to do lessons on a monthly um, or, or like payments on a monthly basis for lessons. Mm-hmm. They like that. Uh, people people in Japan, I find, tend to like that you're paying the same amount of money every month. And it's just something that they can plan. Right, Versus yeah. If you did four lessons this month and you did two lessons next month, and then it's like, well, what's it this month? Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever. So, um, <laughs> so uh, since, I, since I do 44 lessons in a year, because, you know, I... If you consider Obon and all the all the holidays, uh huh, right. I do forty four lessons in a year, so that means I have to plan my calendar a year in advance, uh-huh. basically. Uh, so from April to March, I plan my whole year when my holidays will be and when I work. So that that helps make all the calculations easier. And uh, right, right. So is this is it just you working by yourself? Right now, it's just me. If I if I grow more people, if I if I if I if I get a like a, if I, my students uh, number my student numbers grow enough, of course I'll take on an extra teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope right now I have a small. It's just one room uh, for teaching that I rent. Uh, if I and then I'll have to think of something. If if I have more and more students, then I'll, I'll need a new teacher. But right now, yeah, it's just me. I'm doing all the from the beginning this was the hard part mm-hmm. i I'm, I'm making all the posters i'm doing my accounting mm-hmm. but i mean i i say doing accounting i'm just arranging everything and then i give it off to to an accountant but i still have to explain <laughs> okay. uh-huh. i have to explain all the little things that i do like each receipt you know what is this receipt for what's this receipt for mm-hmm. um i have to put all my cash credit card banks that uh, have to do with the business. I have to arrange all that, and I give it to the guy. I and see. He does, he does it. Um, uh, the posters, I design them myself. But of course, you have to order. You have to get a company to make a, 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 a professional sign. So I do it all in Photoshop. Send it to the guy. He, they come over and the whole thing, and they make the sign. And um, mm. all these little things are very time-consuming. I can imagine, but uh, how do you feel like being a foreigner? Because uh, sometimes David and David and I we get frustrated with like you know the Japanese system of you know they have their own system. How do you say that? Like their their system of doing things. Uh, as a yeah, foreigner, how do you how do you relate to that? It, it depends on which system you're talking about. Mm. Um, it, it's like. Uh, right now getting say like the biggest problem i have is getting credit from banks uh-huh mm-hmm. all right uh which kind of annoys me because i've been working steadily for 13 years and even when i started my own business there wasn't even that much of it a drop that much of a drop oh in really my- I, I remember, like, when I was uh, in Fukushima, you've been trying to get a credit card, like... I know. And then, <laughs> I don't know what it was because I, I tried... It was funny. I, this is... this is, I, I was always trying to get a credit card. And I would try 
banks. I would try all these things. I said, people said, try to get one from a supermarket or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Department store. Those ones are easier. Okay, I tried that. Nothing. Credit card, credit. <laughs> Finally, Citibank. There's there's a there's a hint which is now called Sumi Trust. They they changed. I think they hmm. bought them out or whatever. Sumi Trust. S S is in Sam. U M I Trust. They gave me a credit card um, because I think at that point Citibank, of course, is international. So what I did was I I got I got I got my credit record from home hmm. from Canada, printed it out. I sent them all my history. I put it all in the envelope with my application form, and that's when I finally got a credit card. Oh wow! That's and, and then, <laughs> here's the funny crazy. thing: two, year, two years, like okay, someone who I just came to Japan recently, who had only been here for about a year, uh-huh. maybe what, maybe a year. Nice girl, nice girl. She got a credit card. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell do you get a credit card? I think I think things are starting to change, but I like I. Oh man, <laughs> and I'm it's like, strange. just give me the credit card. Just give me a credit card with the lowest <laughs> limit possible. I just need to buy stuff online just to make it easier than, you know, I using my Canadian credit card and transfer and right. then having conversion rights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so credit is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought it used to be it was like an issue of they didn't know how long people were gonna stay. Like as as foreigners right. in Japan, they're they're kind of hesitant to gr- to to grant credit cards to to foreigners because they don't think they're going to stay for very long. Right, they'll think they'll run up a bill and then and then, and then just, leave. <laughs> and then leave. Yeah, I know it's uh but I, I it's it's true that would be a concern and then um but I but even with my case it was after being here for for such a long time hmm. anyway, you know like uh any credit industry it's like the longer you stay in one place you know if you stay in the same job longer if you're at the same if you're not moving to different addresses these are all factors in it right. and, uh, yeah. but uh, of course i it's i understand that concern too that they don't want people running off <laughs> with unpaid credit debt right but so yeah aside from that like uh is there anything else that frustrates you in terms of the Japanese system, or now that you have a business, what are the kind of like, uh, I don't want to say negative, but right. yeah, the things that kind of like challenges, challenges you. Yeah. yeah. Well, huh, it's hard. The big, like, like I said, the biggest thing that bother that, that gets to me is the, the credit issue, mm-hmm. the loan, like bank loans and stuff like that. Uh, that, that, that's like my all time biggest thing. After that, after that, um, hmm, um, no, it's, ah, sorry, I'm really trying to think, but it's working, finally it was working out a system, again, going back to the monthly payments for lessons, Mm -hmm. um, this is a thing, I think, but I think this is almost more human than Japanese, if, if, (laughs) if you pay for your lessons, like, one at a time, uh, people have the tendency to, if they're absent one week, just they're sick or something, right? Uh-huh. So, so if you're if you're like running like a small deal, like where you say, okay, well you were sick last week, you don't have to pay for last week's lesson, right? Right. right. Okay. People start to get in their head. Well, 
Okay, they were really sick that one time. But then they start to think, well, next month, you know what? I saved I saved $30, $40, whatever. <laughs> the, I saved $30, $40. You know, uh, maybe I'll just mi- I'll miss one lesson next time. <laughs> and, then, and then they start to think, well, maybe I'll just go every second week. Oh. And, and it's not like the, I'm not saying that it's unfair. But the, the problem is that if you're running a business, you, it's not like if I'm sitting there Thursday night at 630. And you decide to cancel a lesson. I'm not going to find somebody else mm, to just come right. on Thursday or 6.30. So it's um, – the big challenge is, uh, I guess, to be assertive. Have your rules set down before you talk to people. Mm. And and sort of, sort of just fall behind your rules. Uh, and, and, and people – and most people really respect that. And you get – in, and I, and I find that that makes a better relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you have, uh, it it takes it's a lot of it's a lot of adjustment at the beginning, but quickly sort of find patterns, make rules to compensate for that, and then just make sure it's written clearly and tell them right from the beginning. And uh, I, I find problems start to disappear. But I uh, initially I would have problems with people, um, not too many problems because I try to fix that quickly, but suddenly canceling. And then, you know, what do I do? You know, it's like, right, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, most Japanese people are not like that, but there are, you know, those people are there. Um, another thing that systems, I'm trying to think, this is something a lot of foreigners can relate to. Mm-hmm. This, the middle name. Oh, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and our name. long names. <laughs> I have never used my middle name in my life until I came to Japan. And, <laughs> and then everything has to match everything. That's what bothers me. Mm. It's like, sign your name. Well, do I sign it in capital block letters? Nope. <laughs> you have to sign it the way it was shown on the bank book or something like that. No, yeah. but sometimes when you go, when you sign up for contracts and stuff, mm-hmm. they want it to match your driver's license. Mm-hmm. So... Instead of your name being in kanji, you know, it's now in block letters. So now I'm signing on the on the line where in harem and H A R in capital letters, and then above I write it in katakana, <laughs> so, and that's how I sign my name most of the time now because I just don't want the hassle. Huh. So I just match my driver's license. But then I, sometimes it's weird because when you have foreign documents, so you have to sign your name the you know, back the actual how I way. Yeah. The actual way. Then I come here, but it doesn't match. And then you see smoke coming out of people's ears. <laughs> All right. And, and then that's, this is the kind of thing that bothers. And I usually try to, I ask them before I start, I said, how do you want me to sign? <laughs> I, I can do it this way. This way. I have, when I went to get married, when I went to get married, I said, I told Kumiko, I said, I know this is going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be the only problem. And I said, and I, I printed out the same document with four different ways of doing my name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I walked into there. I said, which one do you want? <laughs> and they said, okay, they said this one. And then they still screwed it up. They said, no, we made a mistake. We want the other. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, I made it four ways. <laughs> yeah, I've encountered that problem, too, where it's, I, I think, like, right at the beginning when I got here, there were a couple of times when I was, you know, they asked me to sign a document 
and I started signing my name and they, they were just like, Oh, we can't read this. Like what, what did you just write on this paper? Yeah. It's like, we, we don't know what this is, but you need to, to sign this again mm. in block well, letters, I, please. I was like, well, what's absolutely. the point? That's, it's <laughs> not a signature. That's just my name. Exactly. No, I know. It's, 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 but then, see, I, I can get totally into the mindset of uh, Japanese people. How they sign their name is just basically as it's written. Like basically, you're you're just writing your name out in the Japanese in the kanji, mm-hmm. and usually above that in furigana, so that people mm. know how to read it. Okay. It's like, man, I wish they could just give me a Japanese kanji name. I'll write that and just yeah. <laughs> make it the same every time. I'll do. You know, I just. I don't care. I'll write Bob Smith for my name. (laughs) Just make it so it's not that I have to redo a whole. Oh, that's another thing. When you write out a form and you make one small mistake, you know, you put I'm 38 years old and I and instead of 38, I put 37. I'm like, oh, no, I'm 38. So now what do you have to do? What? You have to write a whole new form. I think it's, I've ha- I've experienced that before, which is so frustrating because sometimes they would ask you to write your address in kanji, like all of right. them, and you know I already struggle with one <laughs> character, and then <laughs> yeah. you made a mistake, you got to do it over again. It's oh scary. yeah, no, exactly, and that's that bothers. Sometimes they let you do the double scratch, the two lines, like, boom, like, and then you got to stamp it. Yeah, you gotta, your, yeah, put your yeah. Ink on it. Yeah. You got to admit it was your fault. <laughs> it's a sign. Yeah. But so so yeah, that that would be my next thing is the middle name and then the worst thing is cuz then you have to use the middle name, then somebody re- reads your middle name. My middle name is Scott, right? So mm. it's David Harriman, David Scott Harriman. So, the, so they open the door and they call out Mr. Scott and they, they basically call me just by my middle name, the name that I've never used. <laughs> and now that's the only name I have because somebody once told them, oh, no, you got to reverse the names. You know, it's like, oh, the first name oh is first. And so and they used the totally wrong name that, uh, you know, and all because I had to match the, the way it's written on my driver's license. It's just, Oops. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those are interesting things. Thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, so yeah, we we've talked about challenges. What are some of the uh, the bright spots? I think because you've you've talked about how you you know the reason that you're still here is because you you really like the little things. What are some of the little yeah. things that you like? Um. Well, okay. Want to like I said before, I like the I like the small restaurants. Um. I like I like the general mood when you go to a store. People are like nice. Even the employees are hmm. are are very polite it's so true uh, you know um you know some people might argue that you know it's it's uh, of course and of course they're right it's just a mask you know like they're just putting on the show for you um <laughs> but then finally see and this this is my personality but i don't really care what that person thinks i just want to go buy something and so right. mm. it's really nice when everybody's everybody's just polite everything's in order mm-hmm. um you know, when you go to a restaurant, I love there's no tipping. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is a set price. It's, it's, it, the price, the price is higher. So you know, it's the same price. It's just they got rid of that whole. They didn't get rid of it. They never, just never had it. Right. Um, 
the, we don't have to fiddle around the tip, you know, and, and, and the food comes quickly and it comes hot and they serve it with a smile and they're very nice. It's like, true. Yeah. What, what a crazy world, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, just uh, things like that. Uh, even, even people when they're driving, they're nicer here. You know, it's like people let you in. Uh, there's the occasion, <laughs> the occasional jerk that doesn't. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> It's like nine out of ten people let you in here, and back home nine out of ten won't let you in. You know when you when you need to change lanes, hmm. um, and I don't know. There's just that whole, and and people respect your space too. You know, it's like hmm. people are are mindful of other people, and uh, you know, of course, it's drilled into them from when they're young. Mm-hmm. But uh, privacy, yeah, yeah, they like privacy and. Uh, so th- those are a lot of the little. I love when you go to a restaurant too, that, and they uh, a lot of Japanese uh, places. They think of all these like little things. Like I'm sitting down, and, I, and and all of a sudden it's like I need a towel, and then they have a towel there ready. <laughs> oh. Yoshibori, yes. Yeah, yeah, but that, like that's just one little thing. But or they have something already prepared because they've seen that people have struggled like with I don't know getting their shoes off here, so they they prepare a little space to the side everything's sort mm. of they think about these little things and it makes your life easier when you when you go when you go somewhere mm. uh, other little things um they have, oh i love their dollar store so the 100 yen show <laughs> <laughs> they're really good because they have yeah. lots of, they have good stuff you know like not back home where it's all junk but uh they're, they're, of course there's there's junk here too but it's uh it's more good there's, stuff, eh? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good stuff and interesting things too. So when you look at just all of all of those things combined, um, that's, it's just it's just very nice. It's hmm. great. All right. Well, to end this mm-hmm. uh, interview, what are your future plans? So you've talked about Fukushima. Yeah. It sounds like you're you're kind of set I mean, there long term. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so for the future, well, um, yeah, definitely in Fukushima, you know, I'm I'm paying off the mortgage or the loan for this condo for another 20, 25, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Um, no, the, the, the next big step is um, my wife is, is – it helps me right now just in the office with small cleaning things. But the big, the big goal is to open up. Uh, a diner in uh, like joined with the school. Oh, uh, that's very so nice. I, ideally, you know, and this, this gets to, you know, I, I really obviously have to grow my student base more, but if things go well over the years, then uh, to, to get a bigger building, either rented or bought or something uh, and open up a small diner connected to it um, and have her run that because she's a, a good cook, B, she's got her restaurant uh, license, which is easy to get. That's oh, it's a day. Huh. It's a, sem- it's a day seminar. It's a, you get in, you get it. But, <laughs> but still, you know. <laughs> still, one step, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and also from time to time, uh, I do I do events where I sell my my personal hamburgers. Oh. Um, yeah, I remember like Dave's barbecue. Like once in a while, we would have barbecue at Dave's place, and they're really good. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so so we, we we would do events, and I'd sell you know I'd sell about a hundred burgers and on the weekend, 
Mm-hmm. And then and, and then uh, we'd have uh, people really like them, uh, and I do like ribs. So basically, we know how to. We have a lot of cool like foreign stuff, uh, foreign like recipes and ideas, things that are tested and people like them. And so basically, start a diner, which would which would be for people waiting for their kids' lessons. I got oh, a lot. Oh, very nice. More kids, I got more. I think I've got more kids. I think than adults huh. um, mm-hmm. or elementary students and elementary school students and the parents ideally would wait have maybe have a burger or a drink or a coffee um and then um mix it all finally into some kind of cultural center very very simple the mm-hmm. english plus a diner and um and that would finally be we, we just try to grow the business more and more and more and uh that way we can also take holidays together oh sounds fun because there's another thing in japan People can't get holidays. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. You get holidays and you don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, holidays. Yeah, and then, but even if like if you're an employee, so imagine I work my butt off and I get my school going, and Kumiko, who has quit, she quit her job. She used to be a nurse, mm-hmm. but she's since quit, and she's just helping me. So uh, I'm running. I'm, I'm, right now. I'm just I'm the one making the money, but hopefully we can you know get get her in on the business more and help generate more but um but in if she were to be working in a at a full-time job i could make all this all this money <laughs> um and i would have all these holidays but guess what she couldn't come with me if i wanted to go somewhere it's you true know? yeah it's gonna be hard yeah you'd have to yeah but but now but now it's it'll be it'll be easier mm. since i'm running my own business i can choose my holidays And if she were to start another job, and the, and if the boss was being a pain, she could just she just quit, you know. Yeah. During the time of the earthquake, she's a she she was a nurse, and she really didn't have the ability to leave, which kind of kept me here too because. Oh. Uh, hmm. She, I could escape, but I'd say okay. Yeah, best, yeah. Best of luck to you. <laughs> you know, but that 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 made it very difficult during that time. Mm. Hmm. Wow. That. These are exciting things, Dave, that, <laughs> you know, we can look forward to with you. And hopefully we hear more about this some other time in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Good things, I hope. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dave, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Okay, thanks. You too. All right, and that was Dave. Yes, it brought so many memories back when yeah. I was living in Fukushima. I kind of, I kind of want to go back. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to go back to Chikusa. <laughs> Especially autumn. Oh my gosh, uh, Fukushima's autumn. I, I'm sorry, Osaka. I didn't mean to say that it's not as wonderful. But when I just, you know. I just had to step out of my house, and since Fukushima City is a valley, it gets really, really beautiful. You know the fall colors; mm-hmm. it's amazing, and it's it's really cool, and it can get freezing at nights. Sure. Well, I can't say anything about Fukushima, but I know that at least Kyoto's is better than <laughs> around here, and, and, and it was better <laughs> than Chikusa. Like Chikusa is is really pretty, but.、Um, It's just there's not a lot of fall foliage going on. There's a lot of, it's mostly evergreen in the mountains. So, 
Yeah, and to our listeners who do not live in Japan or know nothing about Japanese culture, we're sorry, but we're talking about some local places in Japan. Probably places you've never heard of. Oh, except for Fukushima. You probably heard of Fukushima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've definitely heard of Fukushima. <laughs> okay. Probably not of Chikusa, but. Yeah. So, anyway, Dave, what was your、uh, takeaway in this episode? I actually. <laughs> You know, he talked about some of the little things that he appreciates about Japan, and also some of the. There's also some little things that bothered him a little bit.、Mm. And the thing that he brought up about, like, names on official documents,、oh. I've, I've run into trouble a few times with that. And、um, I think it is, it is kind of funny, like, sometimes when, like, when the document is really important that you need to turn in,、um, you have this. Mindset of, well, maybe I should make like four different copies with、right. four different versions of my name on it just so just I, don't have to, I don't have to fill it out again when I get there and, and, and that sort of thing. So、uh, I've, I've run into that problem a couple of times. So that's, <laughs> I can relate to that.、Hmm. Uh, what I really love about、uh, this conversation, this interview that we had with Dave was just, you know, the little things in Japan. Because that's also kind of like what made me want to stay. So I've been living in Japan for more than 10 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a decade, and I, I didn't, it didn't even feel that long to me. Just、mm-hmm. because maybe I, I blend in really well, or I don't blend really, in better than I do. <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> Not only physically, but you know, I came from the Philippines, so it wasn't too hard.、Uh, but also, going back to the little things, I really enjoy just the you know, the local supermarkets,、mm-hmm. how convenient it is to go shopping, how fun it is to ride your bicycle, and the nice weather.、Mm-hmm. And just, you know, just the little things. And、um, a lot of the people that I know, they wanted to come to Japan to enjoy the big stuff, like, oh, like wear themselves out going to temples and just like crazy busy schedule. But, you know, I think you can also appreciate the culture more just by going to a local ramen shop or soba shop. You know what I mean? It's just there's so much in the in the lit- so much in the little things in Japan. Well, I think it's easier to appreciate the little things the more you spend time here. Right, right. So if you're just taking like a one or two week vacation. Of course, go see the Tokyo Tower. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I guess that would be my point is, is it's, it's easier to get into sort of like the nitty gritty details of a culture when you're here for a lot longer. Just because you have. A better chance of experiencing those things. Yeah. So, another good thing that、uh, inspired me in this interview was despite the trouble in Fukushima,、uh, Dave actually made the decision to stay. And while people are leaving, he stayed and、uh, eventually started his own school. Yeah, you still have a bunch of friends back there that decided to stay after the earthquake. Yeah,、um, but that's, that's really, you know, that's really something because a lot of foreigners actually left almost running for their lives, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, not just left Fukushima, like left Japan yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we're not judging them or anything. It's, you know, we're free to make our decisions. And if they feel like they they couldn't stay, uh, that's their choice. You know? Well, I think it's also, you know, the people that did stay already had, I think, some idea of what plans they had. Um, at least some of your friends, I think, had long-term plans already. Yeah. And it didn't really, you know, the earthquake didn't really change anything for them. Hmm. So it was interesting hearing from Dave just because he was, I think it was the earthquake that kind of caused him to consider, mm. you know, what his long-term plans were. And so um, that was sort of unique in that respect. You know, the people that left and just left Japan, I, I don't think, you know, they were here just to... Uh, you know, they had sort of temporary jobs. Maybe there were jets on the jet program or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's not, you know, some people use it as a stepping stone. Others just use it as a way to kind of experience Japan right. for a year or two. Yeah. And speaking of experiencing a foreign country, uh, we we came across a blog post uh-huh. that uh, talks about how to thrive in a foreign country. And personally, I could relate to these five fundamentals mm-hmm. um, about thriving in a foreign land or a foreign culture. And right now, we would like to share this to our listeners. Number one, learn the language. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's a language that you know nothing about. Yes. Well, I think, uh, you know, if it's a foreign language, then yes, you need to make an effort to some extent. Actually, that's not number one. The real number one is know who you are and your limits. So who you are, you are someone who doesn't know Japanese and that's your limitation. (laughs) So, you know, it goes back to what David Mm -hmm. says. (laughs) Who you are, you're single, you're married. You have a family, um, that sort of thing as well. Mm, Knowing yeah. what your limits are in terms of, you know, spending. how much. <laughs> well, spending and also just how much free time you have to engage in activities like language learning if you have a job. Right. And how demanding your schedule is already. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. So um, actually, we would just give you a quick rundown of everything because we are planning to have another episode wherein we can talk more about this. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope you guys join us again next time. Number two is push yourself out of your comfort zone. Comfort zone. Yes. Language learning would be a part of this as well. Um, But I think you know, living living in a foreign country is going to be uncomfortable regardless of what you do. I mean, there's going to be things that you find that will help you feel more comfortable, I think. You know, one thing that, that helped me, uh, besides the fact that I, I had already lived in a foreign country before, was, um, you know, I, I kept up with some of the TV shows that I watched back mm. in America. And that was one thing. It just helps you to feel sort of well at home and just kind of like things are still normal a little bit. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. uh, For me, one of the biggest challenges, you know, in the Philippines, you go to the bathroom with a group of with all your gang with you. You know what I mean? Even going to the bathroom. It's like a female thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But, you know, 
I was not used to being all by myself all the time. It was a foreign concept for me. And I've, uh, one of the reasons why I didn't cook when I first, the first few years, few years actually, that I was in Japan was I thought it was very lonely to cook for one because I have a big family. It's true. And eating sure. everything by myself, you know, I would eat Filipino food all by myself. I'd be crying because I felt like, oh my gosh, this is so lonely. So that's when I started having the habit of going to cafes and mm -hmm. writing outside. Mm -hmm. I, I found it more enjoyable. So I didn't push myself out of my comfort zone very, very quickly. There was a gradual transition to it but yeah that that's how it was like for me anyway number three mm -hmm. is explore mm. did you explore, explore? <laughs> chikasa or something exploring is well what, what would you consider exploring i mean like if you um, live if you live in a place like chikusa which has a population of 3,000 people, has one convenience store and one supermarket. There's not a whole lot of quote-unquote exploring that you can do in terms of like uh, going places necessarily. I mean, you can... Like exploring, I think, in that context would just be like taking walks places or, or, or not necessarily literal dora the explorer kind of thing adventure <laughs> you know what i mean you can explore the culture you can go to the culture center and ask for classes and experiment on calligraphy or you know japanese classes and things like that you can also explore the culture and at mm -hmm. the same time you can meet people and explore you know what people are like, the way they think, the way they see foreigners, or how they see themselves as Japanese people in a very quiet village, you know, thing, things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, to me, I took it literally, for me, <laughs> I took it literally. I took my bike, and on Sundays, I would go around, and I would, you know, get lost. Mm -hmm. And at that time, uh, this was before iPhone and smartphones were introduced. GPS. Yeah, so no GPS. <laughs> Maybe my, my Keitai, my flip phone mm -hmm. probably had a GPS, but it, it was probably in Japanese. So I would just go to the police station and say, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would explore the city just riding my bicycle. Kept getting lost for a while and, you know, it was it was an adventure. Yeah. Okay, number four is find your passion. I think this one is not necessarily exclusive to living in a foreign country, mm. but I think certainly important to, uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll help you in connect. terms of, yeah, connecting. it will help you connect. Cause what happened to me is like, you know, I, I grew up in a church and so when someone introduced me to a group of Christians, I got excited. It was like, oh, the Jet Christian Fellowship. I was like, oh, you're going to have a retreat. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you want to come? It's like, yeah, I'm in. That's, That's a good example. Yeah. Uh, so it helps you connect and appreciate more and get to know more people. 
uh, I couldn't really find people interested in poetry because traditionally uh, the the people who enjoy poetry in Japan at this point would be like older people that they like haiku or tanka. I haven't met really young people who are still passionate about this kind of art. Mm-hmm. But I, I am so passionate about it. But I still can't write, you know... Uh, a really good haiku or tanka in Japanese, but I attempt to write in English. <laughs> I I don't know if that counts. But going back to passion. Uh yeah, well I, I I would agree with you. It just helps you to connect with people that are passionate about the same things. It'll help you form more community, and um, and I think it just you know it, to say that you can be doing what you're passionate about regardless of where you are is going to make you happy and mm. it's going to help you just to be more a more joyful person yeah general. uh going back to passion and our interview with dave it's just amazing how he used his passion to thrive in japan you know what i mean burgers burgers yeah <laughs> and uh he loves teaching uh, I could really see that he naturally loved kids. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's something that is so natural in him. And um, even now, when I see other teachers, I f- I st- he's still, Dave is still one of the guys that I say, oh, like, you know, the way he, he deals with kids and how much he likes them, it, it's so genuine. Sure. And it's hard to it's hard to imitate. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So number five is embrace being alone, then network. Yes, I think this is important, especially at the beginning of your tenure overseas. Being able to be alone is, I mean, like if you're if you're if you moved overseas alone, that's. Um, that's an important thing, I think, because you're probably going to be alone for a little while. Like in, you know, maybe not at work, mm. but at least in terms of, you know, your living free time, alone. That sort of yeah. Thing. yeah. Living alone, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, when I first came to Fukushima, uh, I, I did exactly this thing. I embraced being alone. Like I would remember uh, on Fridays after work, I would go shopping and I would just hibernate or, you know, the Japanese people said it's hikikomori. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like being alone in your apartment, uh, just watching documentaries, writing, reading. Uh, a lot of people, they don't know that I am a very introverted person, that I can thrive alone because my hobbies, my favorite hobbies are just reading. So it's hard to share it with someone, especially right. if you want to, you know and studying or writing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like uh we can we very can, solitary activities yeah yeah we can study together but we're we're not actually gonna talk <laughs> <laughs> that much that much and so i feel like uh i really embraced being alone and i am so thankful for all the times that i was alone because i've written so many things Looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, if I put these all together, 
I can pro- probably publish a book or something just because of the stuff that I've written. Mm. Of course, they need a lot of editing, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, around 2010, it, it just exploded. My network just exploded. Like I have certain buddies for certain activities. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it was such an amazing experience. I think in a lot of cases, it's usually when you talk about networking, it'll often happen in like fits and spurts in mm. the sense that like you'll make a connection with one person who connects you to a a much broader group. Mm. Like in terms of like you were talking about JCF earlier. Mm. I think that probably started with one person. You met one person and then they're just like, oh, hey, like I'm part of this group. We mm. should you should uh, hang out with us. Mm. And then all of a sudden your network grows by a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those are just some tips on how, you know, you guys living in a foreign country and dealing with crazy foreign cultures um, can thrive. And uh, maybe in our future episodes, we can share more uh, about these things. Just got to hang tough. This is a Creative Commons podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Lovey Dummies. And if you have any similar experiences or some totally unrelated stories, you can share it with us. Our email is lovenotes at loveydummies.com. Or you can fill out the anonymous contact form on our home on the web, loveydummies.com. Loveydummies.com.